When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. You're in the ball. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est le You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La TV. It's gonna be sick. Marinaro on this Monday, June 5th. It is one minute past 10 o'clock Eastern, and it is the Sick Podcast brought to you in part by Playground, who has over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, and unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? Located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. Also brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group. They have been named by the Financial Times as one of America's fastest growing companies in 2023 and have been recognized by the Globe and Mail as a top growing Canadian company for over two years in a row now. They work with some of the biggest Fortune 500 companies providing end-to-end logistics services. Join a winning team and check out Energy's career page for available opportunities. Also brought to you in part by these guys, Labitta TV, brewed in Quebec, a winner of a dozen international awards. Labitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TV, embrace your true nature. And also brought to you by Murphy Clinic, an aesthetic clinic specializing in medical aesthetic care. They offer permanent laser hair removal. That's right, permanent under the armpits you see what a beautiful thing oh i'm so clean i'm unbelievable as well as a wide range of treatments for skin problems such as acne rosacea fine lines and more they currently have two clinics one located in montreal shop angus and the second on the north shore in terban they're also opening soon in quebec cité visit murphyclinic.ca or on instagram at murphy clinic all right okay today of course we all know was a very very big day And I think it was a pretty good day and a pretty good weekend for the Sick Podcast as well. On Thursday, 
We told you that we were hearing that Cole Caulfield, uh, the talks were heating up between Caulfield and the Montreal Canadiens, and it looked like it was going to be a very long-term deal. On Friday morning, we tweeted this. That's not the one from Friday morning. That was from last night. There's another one from Friday morning, if we can. Let's see if we can bring it up. That's the one. Cole Caulfield contract update. Yesterday, I reported that I'm hearing Cole Caulfield's new contract with the Canadians will not be more than Nick Suzuki's cap hit of $7.875 million. Today, I was just informed talks progressing. All signs point towards a seven or an eight-year deal. So that was on Friday morning at 1026 a.m. Yesterday, I was on my way to the Umberto Tazzi contract concert that took place at the embassy plaza in laval but before going there i pulled a pit stop and i went to cafe milano's in laval and when i walked in a bunch of people were asking me about cole caulfield so i doubled down and i tweeted this my cafe milano's in laval and everyone's asking me about cole caulfield's next contract with the canadians I stand by my report. Seven or eight-year deal. Cap it won't be more than Suzuki's $7.85 million. We're nearing the finish line. Stay tuned. Also took some video footage. Let's see. Marinero, I'm checking in from Cafe Milano's in Laval. Why? Well, because the second I walked in here, the second I walked in, there's a bunch of people, and everyone's asking me about my report on Friday. Cole Caulfield, that I'm hearing a seven or an eight-year deal and a deal that will not be more than Nick Suzuki's $7.85 million. So Marco here asked me about Cole Caulfield. His father Frank here asked me about Cole Caulfield. Everyone at Cafe Milano's is asking me about Cole Caulfield. Hey, Tony, how confident are you in your report? Very confident, very confident. We are nearing the finish line. I stand by my report a seven or an eight year deal that will not be more than $7.85 million per year. Once again, we are nearing the finish line. Marinaro, the sick podcast. Pretty sick news. That was last night at 7.25 p.m. And earlier this morning at around 9 a.m., the Montreal Canadiens made it official. Indeed, an eight year deal at $7.85 million. Cole Caulfield will be a Montreal Canadian for the next eight years is cap hit just under captain Nick Suzuki's because of course the Montreal Canadians wanted to maintain that hierarchy. No one's going to make more than Nick Suzuki, at least not for the uh, present future or right not for the present or not for the near future. And we'll see what happens after that. I'm very, very happy to be joined by a gentleman who's going to be joining me for the second time right here on the sick podcast. He joined me probably give or take about three weeks ago, and I was so impressed by him, and so were you, and you all wanted him back by popular demand. By the way, this is such huge news for the Montreal Canadiens that today was a special day for the uh, SICK podcast because we performed a double header. So Cole Caulfield met with members of the media via Zoom call. He had a presser via Zoom earlier today at 1 p.m. So members of the media had a few articles to write and some work to get done, so we made our own very very own Eric Engels of Sportsnet and Sportsnet.ca. Write for Sportsnet, do his stuff, and we went live at 3.30 p.m. So it was a double header today. So in case you missed it, go to our YouTube channel. You know that by now, that by subscribing, it's absolutely free, and you can check out Eric. We went on for just over 30 minutes with Eric earlier today, and now I bring in former NHLer, 
Philip Boucher, how you doing? Really good. How about you? Very, very well, Phil. It's an exciting day for the city of Montreal, yeah. for Montreal Canadiens fans. Uh, also an exciting day in Quebec City, and so was yesterday because they remparts du Québec won la Coupe Memorial. They oh, won yeah. the Memorial Cup, and I haven't had a chance to congratulate them yet because I was so caught in the, the mix of this whole Caulfield news and working on breaking that last night. Congratulations to the uh, the city of Quebec, uh, the province yeah. of Quebec, fans of the Quebec Ramparts, the entire organization, and Phil, what a job by Patrick Roy. I don't know if I've ever seen him coach better than that. Yeah, anybody involved in, in 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 junior hockey, right? I was involved just a few months ago with Droneville, and you got to be so proud when a team from Quebec uh, wins the Memorial Cup. I, I was part of a uh, Memorial Cup team years and years ago. Bob Hartley was the head coach, and Michelle Terrien was the assistant coach in 1993. We went to Sault Ste. Marie uh, trying to win the Memorial Cup, but way back then we didn't have – our teams weren't strong enough. And now if you look back, what, 20, 25 years later – The teams from Quebec, we won four four years in a row. Well, over six years because of COVID. But the last four Memorial Cups have been won by teams from the Quebec League. And we have to be proud of that. And a hell of a, hell of a job from Patrick Roy and Simon Gagné and Ben DeRosier. And a lot of people I used to work with. I, obviously, I was coaching the Ramparts for five years before Patrick came back. And then they, they put so much time and effort into it. And the, and the whole city... Listen, 18,000 people a night during the the finals, what, 16,000 a night during the semifinals, and everybody got back behind the ramparts, and it's so great to see that they first brought back the President Cup to Quebec City the first time as the new ramparts, the second generation of ramparts that were able to bring the, the President Cup. I tried to when I was in, when I was a coach in 2015, and we came a shot away game seven, lost in second over and double overtime. And we also tried to bring the Memorial Cup back uh, that year and lost in the semifinal. But hats off to Patrick, Simon, and everybody involved. Nicole Bouchard, that, uh, that's been there forever as, as the, the true GM of that team, as Patrick knows and I know, and Jacques Tanguay and everybody, the team president. So we're, yeah. we're, we're really happy when it was a big party in town. I know a lot of people that are there tonight. So enjoy. It's well-deserved. We'll try and get in another word on that Paul du Quebec, maybe at the end of this conversation. Yeah. But of course, uh, everyone watching right yeah. now on YouTube Live, Facebook Live, and Twitter Live, mostly Montreal Canadiens fans are pretty excited yeah. about the news. They've been waiting, Phil, one month, two yeah. months, three months, four months, five months, six months, waiting and waiting and waiting. Is this yeah. going to happen? At one point, some people got nervous because they figured, oh, man, they must be talking about a short-term deal because... Cole Caulfield loves the Canadians. The Canadians love Cole Caulfield. Yeah. The fans love him. They thought a long-term deal would have been done a long time yeah. ago, but it's done, Phil. Your first impressions on the term and the cap hit. Yeah. I was 100% convinced when he had surgery that the deal was almost done. And I know the agent. The agent was my agent when I played, and Andre Ruel worked. You know, worked my son plays in, in the minor leagues, and then Andre Ruel works for Patton. And what I've, I've, I kept hearing at the time is, is it going to be a short-term deal or a long-term deal? That was the, the debate they had at the time. And I'm pretty sure the two parties here, the, 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 the Coalfield side of it and the Montreal side of it, they, they had a good conversation all the way. They knew this was going to get done. It takes a lot longer than us in the media. Now I'm part of the media. would like to see it. We, we wish we would have seen that contract get done in, in January, February, March, or whatever. But it, it took a little bit uh, longer than people thought. But uh, to me, this is a win-win situation. Cole Caulfield has got more money than he ever dreamed of when he was a young kid, when he grew up in Wisconsin or wherever, and then played hockey. And then the Montreal Canadiens 
are, are just signed a player that put people in the seats in Montreal this winter when it was a very, very tough season. But not only did he put the fans in the seats, but he got them to stand up and to cheer about the team, him and Suzuki and Gooley and then a lot of the other guys. But the main reason a lot of people went to the, the, the Bell Center was to see Colefield score some goals and see his smile and his enthusiasm. And to me, it's a win-win situation. I keep hearing today, who won this part of the deal? Who cares, right? If Montreal wins, Caulfield wins. If Caulfield wins, Montreal wins. Because Montreal will want a winner sooner or later. Montreal is going to have to win. Martin Saint-Louis wants to win hockey games. Kent Hughes wants to win a hockey game. Gorton came to Montreal to bring back the 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 Stanley Cup hopes that the, everybody's having in town. I think it's a start. The, the, the problem with the NHL now, when I, when I first started the play, you needed to be 32 to be a free agent. And then you got your money based on what you did for the first 10, 12 years in your career. Now it's totally different. Now you play a year or two, you get the, at the end of your entry-level contract, and the team has to decide, oh, do we go with you or do we go with somebody else? Kirby Doc in Chicago, right? Yeah. He did, they decided to go with somebody else. You might regret it. Well, Montreal, they made a trade years ago for Suzuki. They signed him long-term. They just signed Caulfield. And, and to me, it's perfect. It's great. And it's good news for the, for the kid first and then for his family and for the organization, the entire organization. Phil, earlier this evening, I was at TVA Spot, of course, with uh, my hit Monday to Thursday with the Jean-Charles yeah. Lajoie uh, Jean at the GEC. Yeah. And, um, you know, when my hit was over, I was making my way uh, outside the building to, to go to my truck, yeah. and uh, I bumped into Maxime Lapierre. And, uh, and I appreciate Max because he's very, he's very opinionated, you know, and I like people like that. And um, most fans seem to think, you know, and, and they're, they're in love with Caulfield, rightfully so, right? And they seem to yeah. think, wow, this is a steal for the Montreal Canadiens. And they got themselves Cole Caulfield locked up for the max term eight years. And you get them yeah. under a number under $8 million and under Suzuki's cap hit. And this is great. And yeah. this is a big time win for the Canadians. Well, Max uh, LaPierre said, look, this is it's a win for the Canadians. But for everyone saying the Canadians got him out of steel, hold on a second here. No. He's played 123 regular season games and only played 46 regular season yeah. games this season. And he's going to touch over $10 million Canadian. And Maxim Lapierre said to me, uh, Caulfield's getting himself a pretty good deal here too. So I know you said it doesn't matter who wins the deal, but for the sake of conversation, yeah. I'm curious of your opinion of what it's Maxim Lapierre told me. It's all going to be a matter of does he stay healthy and can we surround him? Can Montreal surround him? Suzuki is a good young player. He's still a young player. Who's going to be on the left wing? Who's going to play with him? Who's going to help them get to the next level? Gooley is going to be a number one defenseman in this in the NHL sooner or later. It might take two, three, four years. Is Montembeau going to be the number one? What are they going to do? Who's going to? Are they going to be able to bring free agents? So it's got. We talk about one player right now, but it's a team game. Right, you see what's going on in the playoffs right now. It takes a lot more than a good duo to bring this team to the next level. But to me, in the new NHL, when I played, I, there's no way this contract would get signed. It wasn't going to work that way. You were not going to take a big gamble on a guy that played, uh, you know, 100 and some games, like you said, 
But he's, he's a natural goal scorer. The big gamble right now is, is he going to stay healthy? And to me, if he stays healthy, he's going to score a lot of goals. The Montreal Canadiens are going to need a lot more than a number one center and a goal scorer yeah. to get to the next level. But it, it, it's a, to me, it's a good step. In, in, in today's NHL, it's a very good step in the right direction. Yeah, and I'm not worried. I know a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, there's some people, every time you sign yeah. a deal, right, you're always going to have one, five, 10, 15, or 20. Years. I don't yeah. like the deal because then in the end, if they're right, they're one yeah. of few. But I say this, you know, did he get injured? Yes. Everyone gets injured at one point in time. It doesn't mean because he got injured that he's an injury-prone yeah. player. As a matter of fact, if you take a look at the ensemble of his career, he's not a player that gets injured often. He protects himself very well. He's very cerebral. He sees the ice very well. Yeah. And I take a look at that injury, Phil, and coming from a guy you're like yourself who's probably suffered more yeah. than his share of injuries, it's not the worst injury in the world either, right? It's not no. like his brain is bruised. It's not like it's an ACL. No. It's a shoulder injury. It, I get it. There's some rehab involved. But we shouldn't be scared off from an injury like that. No, not at all. It's a tough – to me, it was one of the toughest ones to come back from. And, and, and to come back from, I mean, the first couple of weeks. But you don't play for another five months. So the first – you don't sleep at all. It's a, it's a tough rehab to do. But it's not a it's not a major surgery. And if you go around a hockey locker room and you take labrum or MRIs of all the players' shoulder, everybody has a torn labrum. So I'm sure it, was, it, it needed to be done. But it was in the season where it was okay to leave people on the side, right? The the injury room of the Montreal Canadiens was filled with players. It was a smart decision to say, listen, you may have a problem or you do have a problem. It's not a major problem. Let's fix it right now. We'll take care of your contract. You'll be healthy next year. And let's move on. And you know, it's not it's not a surgery now. With today's uh, uh, medical staff that the NHL has, it, it, once you get that surgery done, it, it, it shouldn't be a problem ever again. And and it, he he gets he's a smart player. He goes he, he goes in the, in the scoring area. He goes into traffic. He's a well built kid. He's he's you no know, he's been he's been on a small side his whole career. And and, and whatever is it was a Team USA and then college and the NHL. And he's managing to stay healthy most of the time. That that's the only gamble. To me, because he a natural goal scorer like that that scored at every level, and as soon as he got into the NHL, well, mainly under Martin Saint Louis, but he found that touch again. He's not going to lose it. He's going to score goals if he stays on the ice. He's going to be a good player for the Montreal Canadiens. Phil, once upon a time when you used to play, the mentality in the National Hockey League or the philosophy was if you had a small skilled player at the forward position, you tried yeah. to insulate him with a big body or two on his yeah. line. And uh, take a look at Marty St. Louis, for example. He was on the Spitting Chicklets yeah. podcast probably about a week ago. And he said that at times the coach would play him with Brad Richards. At times the coach would play yeah. him with Vincent Lecavalier. Even though Vincent was not known to be a tough Two pretty player, good players. Vincent was known to be able to take care of himself. And every now yeah. and then when the wires touched, he dropped the gloves. And Marty said that Vincent really used to have his back, opened up a lot of ice for him. And at times, yeah. Vincent would say to Marty, hey, is this player bothering you? And if Marty would say yes, Vincent would actually try and take care of business. I mm -hmm. don't know what your perspective is right now, how much hockey has changed or not. But should a small yeah. player still be insulated? Should the Canadians go out and look to acquire a bigger player who can defend Caulfield, open up some ice for him, mm. be there to put out a fire just in case a fire is about to start? Your thoughts? Depends on what your division is like. 
what your conference is. When the hockey is really changed, you know, they signed Pizzetta for two years. What is he going to do if he's not going to defend Cole Caulfield? Do you need another one? Do you need a Reeves? Do you need someone else? Maybe. You need somebody that can play. I, I wish Montreal would have kept Delorier years ago. Do you bring him back and you have him play with Pizzetta on the same line? Probably not. I think you got Edmondson on the back. Savard is a big guy. The, the NHL has changed a lot. And for Martin Saint-Louis, when there was not a lot of smaller guys, when Martin played, there was not very, very few small players. Like Donald, that was one of them that I played years ago with in, in, in Buffalo, and he really took care of me. Uh, and then we need – these guys needed bigger guys like us. And I, was, I wasn't a tough guy, but mainly the, the, your line of defense and your wingers were a lot bigger than they are today. But, no, I don't think they need to do that. They, they, they have Pizzetta. They need to be – a team that grinds it out, that plays hard. You know, Arve Pinar plays the right way. If he's on the line with him, he's not going to defend him. But who's who's going to go after those guys? No, I don't see them. I don't see the Montreal Canadiens having to bring one tough guy. If they decided to bring Pizzetta, it's probably because they feel like he can do the job. They feel like, uh, and and you get a couple guys on the line of defense that can do it. Jack I can do it too. Who else do you need? Do you need a third one to do that? I don't believe so. Hey, one thing about. Uh, you broke the news, right, about Coalfield? Yeah. And when was that? Exactly. Uh, well, I, had I got a little it, story for you. I had uh, I I had it on Thursday. The talks were heating up, looking okay. at seven or eight I years. And then, and then Friday, on Friday, I went okay. back with not only seven or okay. eight years, but I said it will not be Suzuki 7.875. And then I doubled yeah. down or maybe even tripled down last night and said I stood by my report. And you're looking at $7.85 million yeah. in a seven- or an eight-year deal, and the news broke this morning. It was official this morning at 9 a.m. You would have had it before me, but Saturday was my golf tournament. Right? It was in Quebec City with David Darnay and, and Antoine Vermette, and we had about yeah. 650 people for dinner, and, and we raised about $150,000 in a golf tournament with 99 foursomes. And then somehow, I wouldn't say in the middle of the night, but around one – AM, I ended up on a FaceTime with Cole Caulfield. That was a little weird. I want I don't have to explain everything about it. Yeah. But Cole Caulfield was on the phone, was on FaceTime with me, and he seemed to be having a good time. So maybe he was obviously he knew that he signed the contract and he was having a good time. It was well deserved for him. Uh fantastic stuff. Hey, congratulations on raising all that money. I mean, you must be so proud. Thanks. And 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 I hope that I could yeah. be able to attend one of your golf tournaments in the near future, if you don't mind. But you're invited next year, bud. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So Cole Caulfield earlier today. Oh, by the way, would you would you allow me to answer my own question? Because I have a philosophy on this, whether it's right or wrong. Um, I believe nowadays when you have a small player or maybe two smaller players, and I know mm-hmm. Suzuki's got a thick body. He's 5'11", but he's thick. He's stocky. And Caulfield's yeah. obviously not very big. He's probably 5'7", on a very, very good day. My opinion is you can complement them with another offensively skilled, and it doesn't matter if the player is undersized at home, on home ice. Yeah. But I prefer yeah. to see a bigger body make some room for them when they play on the road. Now, we all know that to have an elite power forward like a Matthew yeah. Kachuk or a Brady Kachuk, you're going to have to draft a There's player like a that, few of them, yeah. or you're going to have yeah. to make a franchise deal kind of trade. But like, let's say, for example, a Marcus Felino. you know, we're not let's not mm-hmm. going to debate whether it's Marcus Felino because some are going to say, well, yeah, Felino yeah. can't really skate with those guys. But you know what I'm trying to say? I wouldn't mind seeing a player with that kind of jam on a line I'd with like those two guys when they play on the road. On a, I, I had Mathieu Olivier in town, right? That played yeah. in Columbus. A, a top, but the Apizetta, but about Bertuzzi. 
I like he, Tyler. He could play with them. I like he him. He could play with them. I like him. And very would he much. want to play? The, the thing is, when you sign Caulfield and Suzuki long term, now can you bring free agents? I want to play with them. That's that's the big key. Can you have somebody to say, listen, I'm going to sign four or five years. I'm going to play with those two, two guys. Sometimes you do sign a player and you think they're going to fit with certain players and it doesn't work out. But that's something I would really pursue because he's, he's, he's not Kachuk because Kachuk is, to me, Kachuk is one of a kind right now, especially what he does in the playoffs. And, and Marcia Soda just scored again, I think. Is yeah, one of a kind. it's 5-1 for Vegas with 17 a, minutes yeah. left in regulation. Yeah, that's a different player. But I, I would agree that somebody with grit would fit and could. And, and you know, we work with GC every day. He likes Dubois. Dubois is a center to me, but could Dubois, even though he's not a tough guy, but he can be a power forward. He could give those two guys space. Kirby Doc did it. I think yeah. Kirby Doc is a number two center for the Montreal Canadiens. But but I do agree with somebody with some size, some grit uh, would help. And I think when you know those two guys, they're, of course, Suzuki and Colfield are going to play together. If I'm a free agent, I'm looking for a good place to play and not just for tax reason, for, for, for a great hockey market to play. I would love to play with those two guys. That's for yeah. Sure. Yeah, and I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you know what Tyler Bertuzzi is a great name, by the way. Oh, I I love this player. I thought Montreal. he was a perfect fit in Boston. I think he would be a perfect fit yeah. in Montreal playing with those two guys. If Kirby Doc yeah. ends up being uh, another, you know, a second line centerman. Now, Cole Caulfield yeah. was asked a bunch of questions earlier today at around one o'clock this afternoon for his presser. I want to get to a couple of questions and his answers. One was. If he can look into a crystal ball, what does he see for him and Suzuki over the next couple of years and for the team? Let's listen carefully. I want you to look into a crystal ball now. Nick's going to be here for a very long time. You're going to be here for a very long time. What do you see you guys doing as a duo? And what do you see doing with this group? I think Nick and I are just going to continue to grow on what we've, we've done already. I think um, there's a lot more out there to get, obviously, but um, you know, what we've built, you know, so far in these three years is, is something special. And um, I think, you know, we're only going to get better as the years go on. So, you know, that, that for us is, is one part, you know, we want to be leaders of the team and, and kind of grow, grow our team in the right direction and push everybody every day. So um, I think that our energy, our passion kind of feeds off the rest of the team. And I think, you know, like I said earlier, it's contagious in the room right now, what we got and, you know, everybody's positive, everybody kind of trusts what we're doing. And um, I think only good things can happen from that. And, you know, we'll take it one step at a time, one year at a time and, and go from there and kind of set set short-term expectations throughout the year and um, just try and get better every day and, you know, kind of do your best and, and kind of see what happens. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about winning in this league and um, especially in this organization. So we want to get back there as fast as possible. Speaking of getting better and doing yeah. your best, so Eric Engels yeah. of Sportsnet then asks Cole Caulfield, actually he asked him first, it was, how do you, Cole, rate you and Suzuki as a top one-two punch compared to other top twos from other teams, notably teams in your division? Listen carefully. Well, you, you talked about putting pressure on yourself on a daily basis. When you look around, even just your own division, some of the top-line talent on each team is enormous. How do you think you and Nick Suzuki as a pairing measure up against that top line talent that you're being paid to produce and, and you're going to go up against some of the best players in the world on a night to night basis now with this contract in hand? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're, we're excited for this challenge. I think, um, you know, the team that we can be built around, 
um, you know, also it's very exciting. I think, you know, every year we kind of learn a little bit more, we get a little bit more experience under our belt. Um, you know, we got some older guys in the team that are teaching us a lot of things too. Um, I know we got a, we got a tough division, but, um, you know, in these next couple of years, we should be able to, uh, to compete in this division. And I think, um, might be one of the toughest in hockey, if not the best. So, um, you know, for us, we look at it as a challenge and, and every day kind of getting better and growing, growing our team, growing our games. And, um, you know, I'm just excited for, for what's to come. And I think, you know, having Nick along my side will, you know, us to just be competing every day and, and trying to get better and conquer those teams. Phil, if you were the general manager yeah. of the Montreal Canadiens and you had locked up for the next seven years, Nick Suzuki yeah. at $7.875 million. And you had locked up Cole Caulfield for the next eight years at $7.85 million. How comfortable one to 10 with 10 being the highest, would you be that those are your top two players on your team going up against top twos of other teams? I know I don't have McDavid and dry style on their contract, but they also don't make that much. And I know it's, you're going to win with a team. I'm not saying Edmonton's never going to win. And it's, it's the, those two the double-headed monsters fault. They're doing their best there, but they're handcuffed a little bit money wise in Edmonton. I would be very happy. I would be very happy to have those two guys. And you know what? Kirby duck might be the number one center of the Montreal Canadians in three years when they win. And if they get Dubois or whatever, and they would be okay those guys, they want to be part of it. And and what I like in his first answer was it's contagious in our locker room. And then we want to win. It, and they know it's a long process. They're buying in. They like playing for Martin St. Louis. They want to be in Montreal. Suzuki first wanted to be in Montreal. Cofield could have signed a shorter, a shorter term deal and say, listen, like Matthews in Toronto, you know, there's a big question mark. Is he going to be back? Is it going to work? Is Does he really want to be here? Well, there's no question mark about Cofield. He wants to be in Montreal. He wants to win. He loves to be here. And it is contagious. And then that's – and he wants to be a leader. He's not shying away from it. He's like, yeah, I got my money. I want to score goals. He wants to be a leader. And it's pretty special that Montreal Canadiens are – Suzuki is a very, very young player that does everything right, that – even the veterans, when they hear, you hear them talk about Suzuki, they're buying what he's doing. And then obviously with Martin St. Louis with his leadership and Stefan Robidon, Burroughs and everyone. So those kids want to be here. Now they just, they will need some help. So to answer your question, if I'm the GM, I'm extremely comfortable with what I've done. But if we want to bring a cup back to Montreal within four, five, six years, there's a lot of work that needs to be done again. And my main goal is we're going to, we've been drafting, we need to do everything we can to squeeze everything out of those guys. Not everybody, not everybody's going to play in the NHL, but you know, the more assets we have, the more people we can move out, the more picks we have to improve this team. It's going to be important, and the free agency market's going to be important. How can we make Montreal attractive for a player? Because it's very difficult for Canadian teams to attract players. We know, like what in the in in the final four this year, three teams. Or t- teams that have no taxes, right? No state tax. So it's a big, big factor where players go to Dallas, to Florida, to to to, to Arizona, to, to Vegas. It's a big factor. But how can we make Montreal attractive to Bertuzzi, to other players? That that would be my main goal. Because now I believe that we 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 signed and drafted the main core of of what's going to be a winning team. So how can we add to that? That would be my my big my next step because you're always moving 
they know they, they knew they were going to sign Cofield. Now they're already onto the draft. What can we do for trades? And once they make the, the trades in the draft, what can we do on July 1st? That's that my, my main interest is going to be for July 1st. I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're going to hit a home run on July 1st, but to be able to sign one or two guys that say, Hey, this is where I want to play. I want to be around Caulfield. I want to be around Suzuki. I believe in the Montreal market. I want to be happy here. That would be my main concern for a GM if I could do that. It would be a big, a big hit if he can bring free agents to Montreal. So I asked uh, Caulfield about free agents earlier today. Listen carefully. He is around the corner, uh, obviously right after the draft. If a coveted free agent would call you, what would you say? I mean, Montreal has been a tough sell over the years. So let's just say a coveted free agent is in talks with Kent Hughes and Kent says, Cole, I could probably use your help. What would you say to sell Montreal? Uh, it's, it's the best place to play. I think uh, you know, guys that play in the league um, that are on the road in Montreal, they, they know it's just a fun atmosphere to play in. It's, for me, every night feels like a Saturday, no matter what day you're playing. Um, you know, it's a special city. The fans are the best part. Um, no matter what happens, they're always our number one supporters. And um, I think the way this team's going, uh, the coaching staff, the management, they all know what they're doing. And you just got to trust that process. And I think with the guys that we have right now, um, we're building something special. And, you know, whether we're making some additions, some tractions, whatever, I think, you know, if we all buy into this this process and trust it and what we're doing, I think, you know, everything will turn out the way it's supposed to. To me, every night or every game feels like a Saturday. Uh, yeah. Pretty cool answer. It's and, and and you know what? The fans hold you accountable. They get they should get the best out of you because you don't want to disappoint the fans in Montreal, right? And and I've played in Montreal many times. Not enough, honestly, because I was on markets in LA and Dallas where we sometimes we only came once every two years, but it was always always special for us Quebec players to come back. But the same could be said for imp like players from, from from Europe that only play there once every couple of times. It, it, it's very different. Montreal, Toronto, the Rangers. But to, to, honestly, there, there's nothing that compares to Montreal. The knowledge of the fans and how they appreciate their team, how they can they can get on you, right? Media can get on you, but it, it holds you accountable. It should get the best out of you. And then for Cole Caulfield, he's proven it. He wants to be here. He wants to handle the pressure. He knows there's pressure coming with this contract. Suzuki knows there was pressure coming to this contract. Last year was, I wouldn't say it was a write-off. It was a year without pressure. Like, we, we, we're playing to win hockey games, but do we really want Connor Bedard? Nobody really knew. I think you wanted Connor Bedard, right? A lot of people did. Big time. And, and it was okay. But, but, but and, and it would have been unbelievable. Imagine if that would have ever happened. But starting next year, it's all about winning. It's all about winning hockey games. It's all about getting back to the playoffs. And there's a lot of teams. Ottawa is going to be in the running. There's a lot of teams. There's a lot of solid teams out east right now. And there's a lot of up and coming teams that are going to be battling with Montreal. But today's a positive sign. Today's is very positive on, on a player like that that say, no, no, I, I don't want that short term contract. I want to be here. I'll help bring free agency free agents into town and, and I agree with them. Uh, I can only my, I retired years ago but I wish I would have played Montreal. I was told I was almost traded to Montreal once and wow. I wish I could have played for them but it never happened. Alright, uh, I want you to uh, listen in on this one. How life-changing is $62.8 million? <laughs> this mean to your family and, and just, you know, having we're talking about more than $60 million. It's a massive amount of money. Like, how does that 
How life-changing is that for you? Uh, to be honest, it really doesn't make sense to me. Um, it's, <laughs> it's something that uh, yeah, I could have just dreamed about as a kid, but uh, even this number probably wouldn't even have popped into my head. I mean, I just love to watch and uh, to be able to do this and in a place like Montreal for that amount of money. I mean, put the money aside. I just love being in Montreal, but um, it's huge to, to kind of have my family um, safe and uh, things like that. So I, I couldn't be more proud. Uh, my parents are very excited. My family's all excited. So um, I think uh, we're in a really good spot. So Phil, when we started this venture, which is the sick podcast uh, yeah. about two and a half years ago, and we've been going full-time now uh, probably since the month of September, We've probably had, you know, over a hundred collaborators and people join us on the yeah. podcast. And there's a reason why I have you tonight on what I consider a very, very important night in Montreal sports history yeah. and for Montreal Canadiens fans, the city of Montreal and the Montreal Canadiens. And the reason why I chose you, Phil, is you were a Pittsburgh Penguin in 2008 and 2009. And you played on a team with Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby. And Malkin was 22 years of age at the time, Caulfield's current age. Crosby was 21 years old. So with Eric earlier this afternoon, I took the podcast down a certain angle. And with you tonight, I Mm -hmm. want to take it down another angle. $62.8 million (laughs) can change people. All of a sudden, you can have a heck of a lot of fun. We know that this is a city that has temptations. We know that there are people and players who stayed very grounded and were able to um, have success regardless of all the temptations and all the money. We also know that there are some players that with the money and the temptations and the pressures that come with it, Montreal got the better of them and they ended up getting burned. If you were the general manager of this team, how worried would you be about 22-year-old Cole Caulfield signing an eight-year extension where he could get comfortable? He's going to be cashing yeah. in $62.8 million. Talk to me about that. And maybe talk to me about you know the I way would, Pittsburgh used to do it. I would be worried about anyone on my team in Montreal or anywhere else when you give them that much money. I was lucky enough to make good money when I played in the NHL, but it was nowhere near that. Just back to his answer, when... He said, it's unbelievable, astonishing amount of money. He never dreamed of that. This kid, that's why we like him. I think he would play for free. It's not about the money. He left it. No, he knows he's a good player. He wants to get paid. Pat, get me a contract that I deserve, but I'm still going to play. Right? So I don't think to him the, the dollar amount was that important. But after that, once you do have that in your pocket, you need a good surrounding. I think the NHL teams, that's what you see more and more young players in the NHL that live with veteran players that have kids. Just exactly to, to, to for some of them to learn what it's like to be a pro, for some of them to maybe stay out of trouble. There's a whole lot of trouble to, to that you can find anywhere, not just in Montreal. And I don't know if I could have handled 60-some million dollars when I was 22 years old. But uh, let's hope that, that he can, Suzuki, seems to be able to do it. it it's it's about who you bring. We, we talked about free agent. I talked about it, and you, and you did too, but you need to bring quality free agents. You need to be worried about who you bring in to play with those guys because, yes, they do have money. They, they can do whatever they want for the rest of their life. That money is guaranteed. That money is not going anywhere. 
So I, I would be worried, but I believe that before you gave them that money, you did a little bit of your homework, you know, the quality of the person. Uh, if you want to, if you want to uh, be in, in, in a marriage with that player, whatever you want to call it for so long, you did your homework. You, you believe that this kid can handle it. You believe that this kid main focus is to play hockey and to bring a cup back to Montreal. So we'll give him a chance, but that, that, that kind of money ruined just about anybody. Let's hope that he stays as focused as he has been uh, in the last couple of years and, and to get there. Because it takes a lot of work to get there. They do get yeah. paid early now. They do get paid very early now. They, for the last five years or so, that's the way it's been going. But they put in a lot of uh, work and effort to get there. And then he deserves that money in, in today's NHL. And let's hope he keeps his head on straight. We know that uh, Sid uh, stayed at Mario's place yeah. for a very long yeah. time. Long Here time. closer to home in Montreal, Josh George just took Brendan Gallagher under his yeah. wing for several yeah. years. And Brendan Gallagher was never in the media outside. You know, he never got himself into any trouble. I mean, that was yeah. an awesome gesture by George's, and it really helped yeah. shape Gallagher's career. I know you can't yeah. impose players to stay with other players, yeah. but... um you know, once again, I know you said you have to trust the player, but would would you would you kind of suggest that he stay with somebody because? Uh, you know, well, I not. think when Mario Lemieux tells says you should stay in my house, Sid says yes, and then once you see the house, you understand why. We had a Stanley Cup party in that house with Mario, so once you see the house, you understand why Sid stayed there for so long. But uh, I, I think as an organization or as a veteran, when I say when you bring certain free agents or when you keep certain guys on the team as a GM, you say, listen, we're, we drafted this young player. Caulfield, I believe, already has his own place. At 22, he's going to go live with someone. There's more and more players that somebody, sometimes the family comes live with them. Mom comes in town. Dad comes in town. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it, it, I think it's a good thing. I wish somebody would took me. Donald Odette, I talked about earlier in the program, helped me out, had me stay at his house once in a while, had me over for dinner, but Donald was out for the year. I was living in an apartment downtown by myself. Downtown Buffalo is not as sexy <laughs> as downtown Montreal, to be honest with you. I don't know why I lived there. There was nothing to do. But I wish I had somebody that it, would is that, is that Chippewa? Stay. Is that Chippewa or... Just right next to it. Yeah, I was right right on the river. You know? I lived in Danny Gare's place. I, I rented that place with Keith Carney. Yeah. And he was like 24. I was 19. Never paid a bill in my life. So we move in there. And the day we move in, Keith Carney gets sent down. So I lived there by myself about 45 minutes away from Hammers, where all the players lived. So uh, I had long nights there. I wasn't going out all that much. But uh, no, it's. It, I think it's a good thing in the NHL that the, the, the player. But I think the players know. Like once you get that much money and that much responsibility and the love of the fans, you owe the fans, you owe the team, you owe your teammates, and you better keep it straight. You, there's always a good, there's a time and place for everything. You now, if you have that money, you can have a good time on a Saturday here and there. You can have a good time in the summer. You can buy yourself a nice car. Obviously, you can get a nice condo. But the main reason why you get that money, and I, I, I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about. I never got a contract like that, but. It's because who you are, what you've done, and the pursuit of excellence. Never be satisfied. Wanting to be a better hockey player. Want, wanting to bring the Montreal Canadiens back to, to a Stanley Cup a Stanley Cup team. And I believe that Montreal, obviously with Suzuki, looks like they, they, they were bang on. 
Mark Bergerman was bang on when he gave him the contract, and I'm pretty sure they, they were bang on with him. And they'll be they'll have to sign Gooley in the next few years, but I think it's going to be another good choice. So after playing with Malkin and Crosby, among yeah. others, and winning a Stanley Cup with them yeah. in Pittsburgh, what did you see about their demeanor, about the way they conducted themselves on the ice and off the ice, that if you could give Caulfield some advice the way Gino used to do yeah. it or the way Sid used to do it, what advice can you give them? Well, Sid had Mario, right, live with him, but Sid is Sid. Uh, Sid, as long as the image of the NHL is in Sidney Crosby's hand, it's never going to be in better hands than that. He's such a good person. Sergey Gonchar was unbelievable for Malkin. Honestly, that was, I think that's why he got him and he was very good for them. But those guys, they wanted to be better. They wanted to, they wanted to win. They wanted to get better every day. The year I got there in 2008, 2009, he lost it to Detroit the year before. And there's nothing they wouldn't do to get better in the summer, in the season, challenging each other, being in each other's face. And it was all about winning. So sooner or later in Montreal, for those guys, it's going to have to be all about winning. Sidney Crosby is all about winning right now. He wants to find another way to get another cup there. So those guys are going to have to be about winning, about moving forward. And then it's, it's to me, it's you got to have those guys grow together. When I came to Pittsburgh, you had Max Talbot, Zupri, Fleury, and then obviously uh, Crosby, Malkin, and a bunch, Tyler Kennedy, and a bunch of guys that, some of them obviously were high draft picks with Malkin and, and Crosby, but some of them were together in the minors. Some of them, let's say, might be RV. Could RV Pinar be the next Max Talbot? Why not? Right? So those guys grew Why together, not? grew up together. They went the and then they added free agents. I came in, I, I was in a supporting role, but then Kunitz came in and Garen came in and that, then they added to the mix. They, 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 it was good veterans and, and they, they fell short the year before. And we won that year in 2009, and, and you know, we all know what they've done. They've won more Cups after that. But I think to have that group of players, identify who you want to move with, move on with, identify who you, who you want to not move on with, and, and bring in some people. It might have been easier to bring free agents in Pittsburgh. But again, if they, they were able to do that here in Montreal, I think we could be on a good run. But it's going to take years. we, we got to be patient here. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great duo, but it needs to be complimented. And Kirby Doc could be a number one center in the NHL. I think it's going to take another two or three years. And Gooley can be a number one uh, defenseman. Again, it's going to take two or three years. And Montembeau can be a number one goalie. We might see that next year, I believe. Let's let's hope so. I think he, he can be that good with patience. But then you're going to have to bring in some, some supporting cast uh, to help them. A shout-out to Matrix Home Fitness. Strong, smart, beautiful. Matrix Home Fitness. .ca is the website. You check them out. Bring it home. Discover a club quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. I have the treadmill and Agnello has the elliptical. I also have the roar as well. Quality, quality products. All right. Okay. In ending, in ending, I told you I was going to get back to the Quebec yeah. Ramparts very, very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Roy. I, we Boy. talked about the best coaching he's ever done. We hear he's not going to the New York Rangers and we hear he's not going to the Columbus Blue Jackets and yeah. Uh, you just you get one of those feelings that um, Patrick is going to be blackballed when it comes to the National Hockey League. And I hope I'm wrong because I'm not going to yeah. lie to you. For the longest time, I thought I can understand why teams are staying away from him. Patrick gives me the impression that he wants to be the coach. He wants to be the GM. He wants to be the assistant coach. He wants to be the assistant GM. He wants to be the physio. He wants to be the trainer. <laughs> he wants to be the water boy. Yeah. He wants to be everything. Yeah. I had a little bit of a change of an opinion because I believe in second chances. Yeah. And quite frankly, 
This is some of the best coaching that I've ever seen done at the junior level that Patrick did. But with the Rangers turning him down, it almost leaves me with the impression that Chris Drury talked to Joe Sackick. Now, I don't know. Does he need to do that, though? They played together. Right, uh, back to the Penguins. I played with Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin called me when I was a coach in Quebec. Say, Phil, uh, listen, I'm the assistant GM in Pittsburgh, and uh, I'd like to work with you. Would you consider maybe uh, getting an interview, maybe coaching for me in American Hockey League? And he called me the next, two days later. He said, hey, Phil, sorry. And Bill Guerin is, is a funny guy. He said, hey, Phil, sorry, I don't have that much pull. <laughs> I thought I was running the minor league team, but I'm, I'm not. And they, because they need it, he said, Phil, we, they want to bring a veteran coach because we're going to fire the coach midseason. And that's when Sullivan came in. So it depends what the relationship you have. I had a good relationship with Bill Guerin. He would have brought me in there if he had a say, if he had 100% of the say. Chris Drury, Patrick Waugh doesn't leave leave anybody uh, in, indifferent. Indif- yeah. indifferent. Yeah. So does Drury like him or not? I guess we found out today. They yeah. probably didn't really get along. Because to me, I'm not sure even Patrick Waugh believed he was going to get interviewed in November. But after what he did this year, it's very, very impressive what he was able to do with that team and connect with those young players. And to, honestly, to have a perfect season, as perfect as that game was last night, that, that was one of the best games I've ever seen a junior team play. That's exactly what their season was all about. It was, it was, so to, were, me, to me, was that? They were a well-oiled machine alter. They were oh. fantastic. The last, the way they that, played last night, it's one of the best performances from a junior team I've seen ever. Top to bottom, goaltending, offense, special teams, everything. Mm-hmm. And then I believe Patrick deserved to be in consideration to get interviews. And then from then, once you get him in an office, it's up to him to 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 sell himself. Up to him to answer the questions that you have. Do you want to be the coach? Or you want to be everything else. In ending, and yeah, I want to be the coach. Yeah, in ending, um, what team do you think would be a better fit for Patrick Watt to coach? A team that's ready to win now with mostly yeah. veterans, or a team full of young kids? And I'll give you an example: both in a Canadian market, yeah. both in a Canadian market, and yeah. I know they both have coaches. I have a team in mind, yeah. But Toronto or Ottawa? Ottawa. Would Patrick would be a Patrick Watt would be a better fit in Ottawa. Yeah, because he could bring that group to the next level in time. Toronto should. Toronto has the pressure to win now. Toronto needs to win ASAP. And who's going to be that? They do have active coaches, and they might be very good. Uh, but I would, and just for the rivalries and bring people in the seats. If I was a new mm-hmm. owner of that team, I would strongly recommend my gem to talk to Patrick Waugh again and to bring him there. Because you know, to, how do you bring the the French the French people? to Ottawa to, to fill the seats, to wow. get behind the team. And and it's a it's a very good, very, very good young team that's not going to win next year, but that could win in two or three years. And sometimes it takes time uh, and patience to bring a group to the next level. To me, that would be the best. Anywhere in the NHL, that would be the best fit for Patrick Wall and for the organization. Could you it imagine, would be a perfect fit for and, Ottawa. And could you imagine the rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens, a rivalry oh. that used to exist because they played each other a couple of times yeah. in the playoffs with both teams winning a series apiece. And by the way, I mean, since we're talking about the Quebec Grand Prix, it's also an opportunity yeah. for me to say that during the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League playoffs, the MVP, Italian kid Malatesta, and also at the <laughs> Memorial Cup as well, James Malatesta. Oh, I wish I uh, okay. I can't say everything. I know a lot of 
I'll stop there. <laughs> James is having a good time tonight. I know about it. Good. I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> I I would imagine so. Are all you should be proud. Well. He's yeah. honestly that kid's going to play in the NHL. That's yeah. to me. They, Go Gauthier was the grit. Malatesta was the grit. Robida brought in a lot of grit. To me, Sherbrooke was built to beat Quebec, and they didn't get there. They might have had a chance, but when he brought that grit and Malatesta. Listen, you, you're the MVP of the playoffs and the MVP of the Memorial Cup. How can you end your junior career on a better note than that? Yeah, I know you're right about that. I, there's no better way to end this show on a better note than when Philip Boucher joins you. Phil, I so loved our chat the first time around. I enjoyed this one even more. I hope once again that we can do it a lot more frequently. Thanks so much for taking the time to Anytime join me on what me. is such an important night in Montreal Canadiens history. Uh, Cole Caulfield, the Montreal Canadian for the next eight years. Merci beaucoup, Phil. Bonne soirée, mon ami. All right, bonne soirée à toi. There you have it. Philippe Boucher, once again, Marinaro, the SICK Podcast, brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, La Bit at TB, Murphy Clinic, and Playground. All right, awesome show tonight. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you did, like it, share it with your friends, and comment SICK, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. If you're going to listen to us on Google, Apple, or Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It's our way of feeling the love. It is the SICK Podcast, and we are Montreal's Habs Authority, the SICK Podcast. For Agnello and Sammy at Master Control, There, Cavallaro. Congrats, Cole. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature.